Today, um, Kevin Hall is going to be uh, talking to us uh, in, in today's episode or, or session about passion and how we can uh, make passion help us get through these all times. If I could, without further ado, Kevin, if you take it away, please. Thank you, Norm. I am so excited about today's session. You have, you can print out your own guidebook. We're going to talk about passion, four keys to passion. And let's just frame this for a minute. So I'm looking at my friends. I've created new friends here. I can see Paul this morning. Good morning, Paul. I can see your curio behind you. Jeff Mater with those glasses. Top Gun has nothing on you, brother, with that beard and those glasses. Um, passion means I don't just do what I love, but I'm willing to suffer and sacrifice for what I love. That's an interesting concept. And I will bet every time on someone with passion. Think of these times right now. Maybe we have children where the employment opportunities seem a little limited, or maybe things could have been cut back or furloughed. But if they have passion and they say, you know what? I'm here to work. I like the value of work. I've got passion to do whatever I need to do, whatever it takes with, they're going to always find a job. They're always going to find an opportunity. That's how Reliable was created, through your passion, through the passion of all of you who come together. Passion stretches you. When we do something that is a sacrifice, it's almost doing something that's sacred. The sacred stretches you. I've talked a little bit about Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl wrote Man's Search for Meaning. My wife and I have had a chance to spend time with the family, with his widow, Ellie, just choice experiences in Vienna. Do you know he chose? He had the passion. He chose to go into the darkness of the Holocaust. And you would say, who would choose to do that? Who would possibly choose that? He came home with his visa in hand. And with his visa in hand, let's see his picture, his visa, um, he was ready to leave. He had waited for months. And when he came home, his father had taken a little tablet from the synagogue that had been destroyed by the Nazis out front. And that tablet said, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land. And so Victor looked at that tablet, he put it down, and he made a conscious choice to be with his family and to go in. Every wall has a door, Ralph Waldo Emerson said. And when we have passion, we look for that door, we find the door. When he went into the hell of the Holocaust, he discovered that willingness to suffer, to be by his parents, and to honor them, it led him to his gift. And his gift is synonymous with his book, Man's Search for Meaning, to help others find meaning. What door is opening to you right now? Sometimes we get so focused on a door that's closed, there's a chain that we don't see that. We're going to talk about a willingness to suffer suffering for what matters most, that anything is possible if you're willing to pay the price, and those with passion do, those without passion try. 
Let's come back where I can see each of you up here. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. And just want you to know how honored I am to be able to do this each week. Um, I've been getting emails and texts from you. And it's just wonderful to see your faces. Keith Johns, I can see Keith this morning. He's sporting that hat. Good to see you, Keith. How are you? There is Celeste. Alicia is back. Pam. You can run, but you can't hide. There she is. Greg is still, he, Greg's still in the Bahamas. He's telling you he's working on snow. He's in the Bahamas. How does that work? So let's think for just a minute. You know we give out gifts for the best answers, so be ready to put your hand up. What movie personifies passion to you? It could be a theme song. It could be a movie. I've got a couple of things teamed up on Alexa. When you think of passion, be willing to suffer for what you love most. Anybody got a movie? Anybody want to share something? NJ. Let's hear NJ. Let's unmic NJ because he just sent it. He just sent it um, through the chat group. What is it, NJ? Rocky. It's got to be Rocky. And why is it Rocky? It has to be Rocky. Why is it that? He has all the cards stacked against him, and he just wants to keep fighting because he loves he just, it. He just keeps fighting. Would you go to battle with Rudy or Rocky? Any of those. I see Patty put up Rudy. Patty, I can't see you because you're coming in. You're, you're, Patty's still in her pajamas, so she doesn't <laughs> have her camera on, which is good, Patty. I have this jacket on underneath here. I've got pajamas, but I'm not standing up. You put Rudy. Do you know that the real Rudy is a dear friend of mine? And we will watch that movie sometimes, and I'll text him. Did you really paint those helmets gold? Did that really happen? He'll say, this happened, that didn't happen, this happened. It's just a me. Delicia, I thought I knew you. I thought we were friends. You put down the notebook. You put a chick flick down so that my wife and I got a water set this weekend. That is, I guess that's passion. That's true love. Is that, that's your movie for passion? Yes. He, he, he had the fight to be there and he fought for her to remember. You know what? I'm making a little joke about it. You are right. To my left, and she's setting this up, is my sweetheart, Sherry. We've been married 40 years, four, zero. We were married when we were young teenagers, but I asked her five times, Delicia, five times to marry me. The first time she said, well, thank you, but I'm, her father said, you do not go to school without coming back with a degree. I meet her her freshman year. I'm two and a half years older, I'm ready. I see love at first sight. It took her a year and a half, Delicia, to get the same emotion. And so I asked wow. six months later, would you marry me? Come back, kick it a can. My roommate's like, you asked her again, didn't you? Third time, fourth time, fifth time. It was a charm. It takes five no's. For all of you sales professionals, it takes five no's to get a yes. And by the way, my favorite part of the story, Delicia, she asked me to marry her because after five times, it was like, you know, so 
she started dating that waitress at work, and then she said, like, could you date her? Anyway, we get too much information. But that passion will get you through anything. Beautiful. Paul, Paul put a lie. Paul didn't even do a movie. He put, you can't handle the truth. And I think that's a reference to Sherry saying no every time I asked her to marry me. Paul, that hurts that you said that. That's not why he did it. You can't handle your patty. 40 years. Congratulations. You're on 20. You are just a puppy, Patty. 20 years. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. So when you think of passion, ask yourself, what am I willing to suffer for? Now, you've heard me say I'm a person of belief. And if you were to go to Europe, and hopefully Sherry's health will be well enough and that things can loosen up in the next year or two, I want to take her. We, we know Vienna like the back of our hands because of this movie that we're producing, Man's Search for Meaning. And in Europe, in the springtime, right now, in April, late April, even late May, there will be passion plays. A passion play is a reenactment of one who suffered for what he loved most. And those with passion, we'll finish with, do those without passion try. So what are you, your children, we say, I love my children. Are you willing, and you know when you have children, you're willing to suffer for them. You're willing to have that unconditional love. The second thing that we said we'd talk about today, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Suffering for what matters most. We said it's suffering, but then what matters most? My mother, Barbara, is a recovered alcoholic. I was born to a teenage alcoholic, my older brother, Rick, and I, and she suffered for us. She recovered, became a great drug and alcohol abuse counselor, taught me, you've heard me say it, to leave other people better for having met them. My wife, Sherry, we have six children to every child. When I think of suffering, I think of a mother. We just went through Mother's Day three or four weeks ago. Six children, that takes some suffering. Our oldest daughter, Summer, when she is pregnant, we have three grandchildren. But the time I was riding the spire, we had two. And she was pregnant. And her doctor said, you probably don't want to get pregnant again. She would be, she'd get double vision. She would get migraines. She would be bed bound for a good part of that last part of her pregnancy. And it threatened her life. And I remember going by one day and I said, Summer, why would you have another child? And she looked at our two grandchildren. We have one who just graduated from high school, Taylor. I write about her in the Inspire chapter of Aspire. And she looked at those two kids. And she didn't need to say anything else. And so now we have a grandson, Miles, who's a two-time national champion mountain biker. I'm a really proud grandfather. And I'm trying to get in shape so that I can just go out and ride with my grandson. Have you ever been in a supermarket or a crowded area and caught the eye of a mother who for just a split second has lost sight of one of their children. Have any of you ever witnessed that? That's pure passion. That's like coming in between a mama bear and a bear. They're going to find that child. That's that passion that it takes. All worthwhile contributions are achieved through passion if one is willing to pay the price. 
So my question for you in the middle of this and for me, I'm not here preaching, I'm teaching a principle about passion. Are you willing to pay the price? And Norm, I'm going to come back to you. And Norm, come right forward to your mic. It was cutting out a little bit. Or it could have been on my side. I'm going to pull my mic a little closer to me. Um, have there been times in Reliable's history, in your history, where you've said, boy, I got to be willing to pay the price. I got to be willing to do it. And what was that like? Because it's never quite as easy as it looks. What's an example for you, Norm, of that? So I call the snow business the equivalent to, to whitewater rafting. These extended storms, um, sometimes we get hit lake effect at two, three, four, five, six days in a row. And it's very fatiguing on, on the team. It's very fatiguing on the equipment. Wow. And it's very fatiguing on me. And um, one of those things that, that once you jump in, you can't get out. You, you've got you, you to complete the journey. And uh, it, it takes a lot of grit to be a snow fighter in just long hours. Something that we deal with on a, on a, on a pretty regular basis, all of us snow fighters, actually the guys with, with doing the handwork, the shoveling work, it, is, it, it takes a lot of grit. It does take a lot of grit. And, and you've got to be all in um, when that five, six, seven straight snowstorms, that takes incredible passion. Um, anybody here, I want to see everybody's face up here again. Anybody here ever jump out of an airplane, a perfectly safe airplane? Anybody here ever skydive? Put your hand up. Jeff is like, I want to do it. Greg, the guy in the Bahamas. Let's, let's unmute Greg. Greg, because Greg, I got a question for you though. Did your shoot open? Oh, we got to unmute you. We, one's clicking unmute, the other's clicking mute. Now we got you, Greg. Tell me yes, about it that. Yes, it did. It did open. Did you pay? How many times did you jump out of an airplane? Three. Three times. Did you, what did it cost you to jump? Oh, we're, we're talking a couple years ago. Um, but the, the third time I, I went out, my main chute did not come out and my reserve come out. Ooh. Oh my. Now let's talk about passion. That main <laughs> shoot doesn't come out. Are you kind of, well, I hope I get the reserve shoot. Or are you going, I'm going to figure out a way to get this reserve shoot open. You are, it's amazing what human beings can do. Greg, I'll bet you paid a hundred or 200 bucks, right? It probably was. And uh, I did say I was three times and that was on my third, right? Right. And so have you gone back for your fourth? No. Are you going back for your fourth? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Phyllis is like, no, he's not going back. I've jumped out of an airplane, Greg. I enjoyed it so much I've done it one time. But I went to the economy jumping school in Salt Lake City at airport number two. You get what you paid for. I paid 40 bucks to jump out of an airplane. Phyllis is like, why would you risk your life for 40 bucks? They teach you in this very detailed program how to jump up of a stool about that high, bend your knees and land, and then you go up. Greg, I don't know, did you go the first time with a jump master or did you just jump out of the airplane? 
or did you have somebody jump with you? Yes, I went, I went with a jump master, uh, but this was a, a tethered line. A tethered line. Well, yes. at the economy jumping school, you don't get a jump master because it's 40 bucks, but you get a tethered line. And so you go up in a Cessna 172. There's no door on it. There are three of us huddled in the back. I bring a friend whose name is Kevin. So in case they call me first, I can slide Kevin up. And they do. They say, Kevin, you're first. So I slide Kevin Mansfield up and they say, no, you with the little round face. Now, I've got a round face, but I have a really round face when I'm wearing. This was in the day over 20 years ago, Greg, we're wearing a leather helmet. Can you imagine my face with Phyllis? Don't do that. That makes me feel bad. A leather helmet. It looks like I'm wearing a Cocoa Puff. And then you go out to the edge of the plane. They don't stop the plane. They're going 70 miles an hour. There's a foot pedal. Greg, you know about this. There's a little foot pedal. And on the wing strut, eight feet out is a black line that's duct tape. It's duct tape. They don't paint it because it's the economy jumping school. And then you're supposed to put your feet on the foot pedal. And I remember going out, putting my feet on the foot pedal, putting my head out. And the wind, see, they don't stop the airplane. At 80 miles an hour, the wind took my helmet. And I'm looking out of the ear hole. And, I, it, and that's the truth. And I'm thinking, boy, this is not at all how I pictured it. And I wanted to crawl back in that plane. But I had a little bit of pride. So I shinned out past that eight-foot line. And I'm hanging off of the edge of the wing. Now, Greg, you did. You, I was tethered. So, it, you know, it's going to pull that when I let go. And they ask you to let go. And you're supposed to count to 5,000. You say arch 1,000, arch 2,000. By 5,000, generally, your chute opens. If not, Greg, your colon closes, and you're looking for that second chute like you did, and I hope everything worked out okay. I did not want to let go. I froze out there, and the jump master reached, because I visualized them, maybe for the first time, you know, they could land this airplane like I'm in a circus act. One of the great Holinskis coming down. They would land that plane with me hanging up. They don't like you to do that. And so he reached back for a 10-foot, barely fit in this plane with no seats, a 10-foot mallet with a hammer on the end of it. And he was going to knock my hands off of that wing because if you panic, and all of a sudden you let go and you hit the wing, right? Or the tail behind you, bad program for everybody. So they want to get you off of that wing. I saw him coming and I let go. And I didn't say arch 1000, arch 2000. I just went arch. And three, four, five seconds later, my chute opened. And when it opens, Greg, it's an unbelievable experience. There's a toggle switch. You pull to the right. You got the other switch, pull to the left. I was doing 360s. There's a wind sock. And you land into the wind sock. You can land with it if you want to plow a furrow in the ground, but you land with it. That is, you're all in. I was all in. I had passion. Greg, you're one of the best examples in speaking and training for 35 years of someone. I've never had somebody say that first shoot didn't open. So, Greg, Gracie, I sent you new books. Greg, do you want a copy of Aspire? Yes, please. Great. It would be horrible if you said, I, I don't really want it. I don't read books. I haven't heard, I've heard horrible things about it. Thank you for at least making me feel good about that. Passion. Passion will win every time. I would bet on someone 
Right now, there are opportunities in businesses all over the world for people to say, Paul knows from his previous business, hey, I'll show up, I'll be there. Maybe you can't pay me right now, but I know some days I get paid. But every day I go to work and there's value in work. Let's go to the third element here. Anything is possible if you're willing to pay the price. Now, there's some things right now I got to pay a price on. I have several books that are ready and I need to be willing to pay that price. It's kind of painfully sweet to isolate myself, finish my thoughts. I'm a very social person and get that down. One of the greatest writers of all time is Mendino. If you haven't read Greatest Salesman in the World, Greatest Secret in the World, Greatest Miracle in the World, he is one of the most gifted writers to ever live. Did you know at one point he was a down and out, despondent, desperate, unemployed salesman? And he decided to end his life. And he walked up to a pawn shop and he saw a gun, a suicide gun with the last few dollars that he had and he was about to go into that pawn shop and it was closed. He had missed the time to go in by just a matter of minutes. And right across the way was another door. So he went across the street and he walked into a public library. Totally different destination. Suicide cold gun in a pawn shop and a library about learning. And in the safe confines of this public library, he opened a book. And this motivates me to get these next several books done. And I trained the CEO and coached personally the CEO of the Augmentino Group. And he's verified this story. You can accomplish, he, here he is, unemployed. Augustine is his name. He's not Augmentino, the great author. He is, in his mind, a loser unemployed, despondent. Inside this book, he opens it up and it says, you can accomplish anything you wish that is not contradictory to the laws of God and man if you are willing to pay the price. That shift for him turned him from suicidal unemployed into one of the greatest. I've read everything he's ever written. And he wrote this, how can one be unhappy or depressed when you know there's one person, just one in the world who needs your gift? So at times, sometimes in these settings, we say, oh, this is too tough. I don't know if I can get through this. Somebody needs your gift. And you know, when we talked about namaste, when we open those gifts, we honor the giver of those gifts. Um, Jeff, I love to see Jeff. I love to see Jeff in that warehouse. I love to see that garage door behind him. Jeff, let's unmute Jeff Mater. What are you thinking as I share this? And then we're going to go to Phyllis because Phyllis was holding her hand when I was about to hang on to the wing. She was a little nervous for me. Jeff, I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to hear what Phyllis is thinking, if you would. I, I was actually still thinking about Greg uh, having to pull his reserve chute. You, you didn't know? Did you know that about Greg? Does I did not know that? that. I did not know that. Greg, you are like the silent assassin. You're like, you're the SEAL team. Nobody knows. He can't even tell you stories because if he did, he'd have <laughs> to take you out. Well, that's incredible. Phyllis, 
What are you thinking this morning as we talk about this? Um, I'm afraid of heights, so there would be no way I would jump out of a plane. <laughs> and I would discourage anybody else from jumping out of a plane. <laughs> so you're scared of heights, Phil. Do you have, do you have children? I do. Do you love those children? I love them with all my heart. Well, let's talk about that then for just a minute. I used to train a lot in the World Trade Centers. I would stay in World Trade Center number two. There was a hotel, the Vista Hotel, doing training for a lot of financial institutions there. American Express, Shearson Lehman, Merrill Lynch, <clears throat> in the early days of Franklin as we built that company. And I used to take people and say, we're going to have an I-beam. Do you know what an I-beam is, Phyllis? Yes. It's shaped like a capital I. They're about... 18 inches wide, 18 to 20 inches. <clears throat> They're strong. You can have them of any length. Those two buildings were 130 feet apart. Okay. And I would say, and my wife and I just went out to the Grand Canyon this weekend. We social distance, got away, sat in a hammock. The park isn't open, but let's say that there's a spot in the Grand Canyon that's 130 feet across. And I'm gonna put you on one side, I'm gonna helicopter you in on this little island, put you there, I'll be on the other side. I'm gonna reach into my pocket because I'm so generous, Phyllis. I'm gonna say, I have $100 here for you. All you need to do, Phyllis, is walk across this I-beam. Now we would have tested it before, you could walk across the I-beam when it's on the ground, 18, 20 inches wide, one foot after another, you would do it for a hundred bucks on the ground. Oh, not on the ground, but now we're doing it. You're elevated a few thousand feet. Would you do it for a hundred bucks? No, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. Nope, a hundred thousand, Phyllis. Mm, no, she thought about a hundred thousand. Phyllis? Can I crawl? Could I crawl? <laughs> not really. Phyllis, I'm not a nice guy anymore. I wouldn't do this, but I have one of your children on the other side. And if you don't get across that I-beam right now, I'm going to drop that child. Would you come? Look at that. Look at that. She's scared of heights. You were 100 grand, she's thinking about crawling, but you bring a child out and you're going to figure out a way. Mothers are one of the greatest examples of passion. So when we have Mother's Day, honor them for their passion. And for some reason, Norm, we can't get Judy in every time we she's admit she's with her son. Maybe that's it. She's there, she is. She's there. She's found. I feel better. Norm, I wanted, we couldn't get you in, Judy. Every time we kept the waiting room, I asked Norm if he slept on the couch last night. And he said, I don't think I did. So everything is good. Norm, when we first met and when we talked, we were introduced by our dear mutual friend, Jeff Tovar. And then I had a chance to meet you and Judy at our Genshai event. You are someone who personifies passion to me. Okay, you got passion for your family. You love that sweetheart. You're a smart man. You, she did have you at hello. You're passionate about your family. You're passionate about 
this company and the things that you do. How did you develop that, Norm? How does one develop passion in an area of your life? Because the first time we met, we're on that bus, we're talking, you're at the event, you're passionate. And you were passionate about Reliable. And you're telling me where Reliable ranks in, in businesses of its kind. Remember, do you remember, Judy? I remember you writing that. Yeah, I would say to this whole group, we have 100 people specially invited to the country club for three days. I'd say Norm runs a business. It's one of the best of his kind. Judy, Norm, what would you say, Norm? Because you you had worked hard for it. What would you say? That was okay. I'm going to answer your first question. Bruce. Okay, all right. So, um, you, as, I, as I said back some time ago, I, my, my childhood was, was pretty rough and I had to drive. My mom had mental health issues. I had to do everything. Hold the fort down, get some tremendous health issues. Was in a hospital 20 times a year, two, three surgeries for 20 years. And as I got my head above water and, and just able to survive, I then said, Hey, how am I going to thrive? I've been one thing, and I, I got the air in my lungs, or I got my emotional gas tank full. And I really, I feel that, that passion is kind of the, the emotional task to fuel you through this journey of life. And I, I, I got very purposeful about it and, and wrote up a plan of how am I going to have more passion in my life? And I'm currently executing that plan now where I'm trying to get to next my life and passion is on the high, high aspect of it and passion, everything I do. A lot of times people only do what you love, Well, have passion in, in all aspects of your life. And it, it's, a, it's a challenge. And I, I, uh, I, I focus on it daily and I continue to grow. It's not one of those things you can, Wow. Some areas, like when you talk about children, those are, those are easier areas. But let's say, for example, um, later, earlier this week, I was dealing with a gentleman that was struggling immensely with his emotional health. He was thinking about ending his life. Yeah. How do I meet that person passionately and um, meet him where he's at? Unfortunately, that that one. There is uh, harder than others. But if you get purposeful, um, I've been able to make. Thank you for sharing that, Norm, because, um, you know, that leads us to the fourth principle. I, I got to tee up a song. I got to tee up a song after what you just said, because for each of you on this Zoom training experience today, I'm going to ask you before we get together next week, next week, we're going to talk about all in. We're, we're, it's in here somewhere. We're already ready, all teed up. That word is on the Aztec calendar. It's part of a two-sided coin. It means you move and act with all your heart right now. So when Norm met someone who is struggling with mental health, it doesn't mean there's an issue with them. They have a disease, right? We don't talk about that a lot. That's a disease. They didn't choose that. And you, you jumped all in to help that person. I'm going to ask you, to think of someone who personifies passion in your life. And in this next week, call them, Zoom conference with them, reach out to them, describe what passion means and say, you personify passion. My mother personified passion. My wife, Sherry, personifies passion. My oldest daughter, Summer, personifies passion. On this call outside of my immediate family, I'm here because of Norm and Judy. They both personify passion. And I would call them up. I'll probably do that and say, will you sign inside your book, Aspire, Greg, when you get it, 
you can have someone sign your book of grapes and represent passion. Think of how honored they would be to do that, to know what that means. Let's see if we can tee up this song. I wanted Rocky, but Sherry overruled me and she's got the greatest showman pan. And somehow this ties into passion. Do you like the greatest showman pan? Yes, I'm so glad. If you said no, we'd have to end this early. Just call the Zoom call off. Alexa, play. This is passion. Listen. I drink champagne with kings and queens. The politicians praise my name. The clothes of someone else's dreams. The pitfalls of the man I became. For years and years, I chased their cheers. The crazy speed of always needing more. Almost there. You hear that? <laughs> Sherry's dancing over here. I can't see her. Wish we could turn the camera, wrap her out. I love that. Pause, Alexa. Pause. I would ask you this week to create a soundtrack, a playlist. You have five fingers, get five songs. That's going to be one of my songs. There's a song from Rudy that would be on there. Rocky's going to be on there. A little Steve Miller band, just because it's Steve Miller band. <coughs> Any song that you want, when it's time to get passionate, it's in front of you. Well, let's bring it home with our fourth, <coughs> our fourth principle. And this is really important because those with passion do, those without passion try. And I'm going to ask you, when you start to say to someone, well, I'll try, to just catch yourself and pause because when you say I'll try, you've already built in an excuse. Hey, I tried. I said I'd do it. I tried. The bookends of success are starting and finishing. That was my mentor, John C. Maxwell, taught me that. Those are his words. Everybody likes to start new things. I love to start new, exciting things, new projects, new adventures. That's the easy part. Sure, the journey of a 1,000 miles begins with the first step. As important as that step is, it's finishing. That's the hard part. And it teaches you that you can do hard things. There is value in work. There's value in suffering for what you love. That song right there, Sherry was right. It's a better song. Because why did you do all this? So that you can learn and you can pass that on to the next generation. There is nothing so lethal to personal integrity as half-finished goals, dreams, or intentions. What do you have in front of you that you haven't quite been willing 
to suffer or sacrifice for. It can be personally, it can be professionally. And when you do it, you'll never be the same. Remember this, when you say, I'll do it, you finish no matter what. When you say, I'll try, you already built an excuse. So when someone you're working with says, I'll try, just catch them and say, can I give you a coaching point without being too preachy and say, let's focus on I'll do and not I'll try. And that's why this was put together by visionary leaders in these times. We didn't say, well, let's see what we can, let's try to do something here. No, we're doing it. And I love this. This is kind of my, this is the, the hump day in the middle of the week. And I look forward to being with my friends at Reliable Snow Plowing Specialists. Uh, Jake is on. Jake has got his camera on. Jake, it's good to see you this morning. Um, Judy is waving to you, Jake. And we're excited to have you here. Norm, let's go back to some of your tips. If there's a question or two as well, we can finish with a question or two. But back to you, Norm. And uh, I want to honor you again. I'm not trying to patronize you. Um, we're going to be brothers from other mothers for a long time because brothers of your mother, mother. passion. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for for uh, sharing uh, your journey and your life's work with, with me and our team. We greatly appreciate it and uh, very thought-provoking concepts and, and ideas that we all can instill in our lives. When I look at um, kind of this week's practical tips, if you will, um, first thing I think I want to talk through is being more purposeful. As, we're, as the, the state is opening up and, and, and activities are opening up, uh, one of the things that we're working on in our family is to try to, like, how can we be more purposeful? We have two people in our family that have autoimmune diseases. We've decided, hey, we've got to be a little bit more conservative than the average family. However, we're trying to say, how can we absolutely make the best more purposeful? For example, having friends over outside for a, for a bonfire, that seems to be a fit with us. Another thing, trying to get something fun on the books, meaning something that we're looking forward to group and then individually on that to be kind of like extra passion to get through these, these difficult things. We recommend look at not only individually what, what can do it, some fun on the books, but also some um, group activities to get on the books. Recently, this weekend, uh, we got asked to go out and spend some time uh, on Putin Bay, and it, it was a very safe environment. We actually saw people, and it was odd. It, 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 in all of us, there was four of us there that were all social distancing together in the same household, but, we, but just seeing people moving around, it, it added, some, added some more emotional gas in the gas tank that uh, was kind of perpetuating us through this journey of, okay, we're getting through this. Um, another thing I found that I'd recommend is getting planning as much as you can in advance for whatever activities you're doing. For example, uh, we're going to restaurants. We're just starting, our family is just starting to go to restaurants. And now we're going to create this like a little restaurant bag, if you will, that'll have individually uh, wrapped silverware to minimize the risk of, of using someone else's silverware. Actually having distant pipes 
in this little in this little bag, and then being prepared for someone, um, for example, like a server that doesn't want to wear the mask. I've got like little elevators. Ask how to ask someone to wear the mask, and and have them realize that hey, our family, this is really serious to our family. Family members that have automated. I found tremendous cooperation with that. Another thing that uh, we found, like going out to restaurants, if you share a heartfelt compliment, seeing somebody going that extra mile. For example, uh, when we were putting bed, people were actually wiping down the menus. The menus were laminated, so they had a smooth plastic surface. They were wiping them down with disinfectant and saying, hey, sir, thank you so much. I appreciate you doing that, going that extra step to keep my family and myself safe. It just it lights people up in a positive way and brings more of, of, of the good to, to get. And then the last is one I'm gonna share with you is a story uh, happened to me yesterday. And it's, it really comes to staying vigilant. Um, a friend of mine came over to, to, as a handyman. I haven't seen him in years, or not years. I haven't seen him in months. And we started talking and all of a sudden, Judy walks by and says, Norm, you're, you're two and a half, three feet away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got caught up in the moment. So um, I just really encourage everybody to stay vigilant and talk about it individually and also as a family daily, how to stay because it's incredibly easy to um, relax. And then secondly, when we're kind of watching the news, it seems like alcohol tremendously increases people's um, and just forget about it. You're in an area where, where alcohol is going to be involved, you just want to be super vigilant or possibly avoid that. Two, two big concepts. I highly recommend getting some, getting purposeful and get some fun on the books. And then secondly, I reminder just to be vigilant. And our best yesterday, it was just a take on my end. I, I just was ahead of the three. Those are today's practical tips. It looks like everybody's frozen, so I'm hoping, Kevin, you can hear me. I can hear you, brother, oh, and okay. I love what you just said because, you know, if 2020 is telling us anything, it's telling us to be more present, to enjoy the moments we have, to not take any day, any person, anything, or anyone for granted. And if they don't have a name tag where they're serving you, Ask what their first name is and call them by their first name. We talked about that um, a couple of weeks ago. And if you give a $5 tip for a $20 meal, I'm not trying to spend your money, but put $10 down for a $20 meal because you're appreciating them for what they're doing. That's my favorite charity. They're risking their life so that you can have a nutritious meal. Um, Judy, I'm going to call out Judy because she's sitting there with MJ. Judy, do you have a question that you want to ask this group? We finish at a quarter after. We got two minutes. I'm going to see if you've got a question, and maybe Keith Johns, if you've got a question, because Keith, you and MJ and Jeff, I mean, I cannot grow a beard, something like that. I mean, I have follicle envy for all three of you, and you're right here together on my screen. Judy, you got a question or a thought you'd like to share before we go to Keith and Jeff? I don't really have a question, but what I do have to say is, um, in regards to Norm, you had asked him about his passion, and 
we've been together 37 years and married 29 this weekend. And for as long as I've known him, he was born that way. And his passion comes through in many, many positive ways. But he's also pretty passionate when he's strong-willed about something. And I also think that you have very significant passion. And if either one of you have a way to say something about how it just, it's always just built in you. Sometimes I have to really think through to get more excited about something, but both of you and Norm both personify that all the time, in my opinion. Well, thank you. I, I will accept and receive that compliment with immense gratitude. And I would say it's built into every one of us. Sometimes we see it in others easier than we see it in ourselves. And I see it in you, Judy. There you are, your passion for your son right there. Yeah. Undeniable. That's your happy <laughs> spot. So you have that passion as well. And it's recognizing that. And why don't we just do more of what we love with those we love? Yeah. And that's not a bad way to live your life. Um, Norm and I grew up in kind of unique circumstances. Um, I had a great life, but there's Andrew Williams. Andrew, you sent, and I didn't share it, a chat that one of your favorite movies was The Passion. Of all movies to describe passion, that's a pretty good. So thanks for sending that in, Andrew. We saw that. I didn't get to that a little bit. Keith, you got a question or a comment. Let's unmute Keith. Then we'll go to Jeff, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Chris, a quick comment. When you were talking about the whole I-beam being, you know, would you go across it for a thousand, a million? I'm not even sure I would do it for a million. But as soon as you add the kids in, right. it actually gave me a chill because it didn't, my first thought was, you have to get there. And I didn't, it, it was, it could have been a foot off the ground in, in my own head because those are your kids. You know, it's that whole papa bear thing, mama bear thing. It's, you just, you don't think you react. Yeah. And, and that really sparked with me that, you know, that, that passion of, and you know, my, my twin celebrated their 19th birthday yesterday. So it's kind of, kind of fresh in my mind with, you know, what you do for your kids and, and really for others. Okay, Gracie, I got to send you some more books. I send them every week. What are your twins' names, Keith? Uh, Caitlin and Julia. Will you, in one book, put to Caitlin and Julia from your friends, from your father's friend, Kevin? And I've already signed <laughs> the book that's coming there. So we'll give those two 19-year-olds. Because you're right, Keith. See, it's inside of us. It's just, we don't have to create passion. We just need to find it. And once we find it, we tap into it. So thank you for sharing that. Thank and you. I want those kids to, can they share that book? Can they open it up at the same time? Is one left-handed, one's right-handed? They can <laughs> yeah, no. but they'll, they'll fight about it. We'll, and it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. Give them, Casey, I'll send you more books. Give them no, 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 no. That wasn't my point. Robin for two books. He gets it. You get it, Casey. That was a great comment. Uh, Jeff or Andrew, let's bring this home so that we can finish on time and I'll turn it back to Norm when we're done. Jeff, the Top Gun look, man, I just, I don't have a prominent chin like that. I don't have, I just don't have that beard. I just, I don't have what you have, but I'm trying, I'm doing my best. Jeff, what are you thinking today? Let's unmute Jeff. 
Is it I like uh, I like Norm's Norm was saying be more purposeful in this time to reduce risk and I was I'm kind of spur of the moment I hey let's go do this or go do that but I think I can end up doing more now if I'm a little bit more purposeful. And That's nice. Out. And there's two Jeff Maders here. You're a little more purposeful. There's another Jeff Mater with glasses and a young lady next to him. So I'm talking to both of you. Are you related to that Jeff Mater? No. Let's unmute the other Jeff Mater because maybe you're not the real Jeff Mater. <laughs> no, he's the real one. <laughs> Is he the real deal? You guys, what's that? My name's Josh. Josh. Yeah. Well, both Josh. I mean, you got the Top Gun look, Josh. So whatever you got, you were born with it. Just keep it rolling, brother. We're at, we're at the beach, and the sun is coming right into my face. So. <laughs> oh, that is what a harsh day when that shit's coming. That is awesome. And remember what Norm said: social distance, because in certain casual settings, people. I went to welcome somebody to our neighborhood. I think I told you that last week. And the person came out to shake my hand, said, oh, this COVID's nothing. And I stood back as a neighbor bringing roses to his wife so that they would love our neighborhood. And, uh, and his daughter just graduated from high school, but I had to just step back. So you still need to be vigilant. I can't wait till next week. You do not want to miss next week. We're going to talk about all in. And I hope that you'll invite your friends and family, whether it's Facebook Live or here. Norm, let's send it back to you. Your wife honored you as a person of passion. I honor you as a person of passion. And I'm grateful for this opportunity to share each week with your team. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for willing to share with our team. And Judy, thank you for those kind words. Um, I'm going to put some little thought to it and figure out uh, some key points in my life about where that uh, action meter to kick up various notches. Well, it gave me some uh, moment of pause to do a little deeper dive into it. Um, I want to thank everybody on this call that's a snow fighter that has passion because it's, 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 not, it's, it's not an easy job and it's not an easy vocation. And to be a successful snow fighter, which we all are, it, uh, I just want to say thank you because uh, these, these storms, that's not easy to get through and they all the sacrifice to a degree through this. You know. Also, we're going to be putting together a, a unique Facebook post. Uh, Greg and I are working on this as we speak. Uh, just a little thing about um, how long the coronavirus lives on various surfaces. I think it'd be a good guide as we start uh, looking out to um, uh, going back to a new normal and starting to getting back into going to like restaurants or um, get going to get your hair done, whatever. Just it'll be a, a good resource to plan ahead and to uh, be as most prepared as you can. With that, everybody else wants to say thank you and have a great week. We're looking forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Alexa, keep playing. See you, Paul. See you, everybody.